0: Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peak, and welcome to episode 444 of Her, the podcast where, well, you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today her nutrition myths. Oh no, hits and myths time again, especially knowing it's Chef Abby who's back again to be able to set us on the right course. We have a terrific show coming up. And before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Now, You know you need your multiple vitamin every day. We have to fill in those gaps. But when you go over to solarayvitamins.com, you're also going to learn about other wonderful supplements that can help you as a woman. Right. And that's everything from your hair and your nails. Hello, biotin to your sleep, magnesium glycinate. Oh, my goodness gracious. So please run on over to solaray.com to learn more. And here's your first reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because my whole team just sits around waiting to hear from you. We do, we do, we do. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind, her body, her life. It's all about Her. Well, Chef Abby Gelman is our expert once again, our go-to culinary nutritionist who's back to help us with her wit and wisdom as we navigate the treacherous, Waters of nutrition myths. Abby, welcome back to the Her Podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here as always. Now, a culinary nutritionist is someone like Chef Abby. She is a package deal. So she has a master's in nutrition. She is a registered dietitian. She is also a certified chef. That's what she is a certified chef. So it's all one just awesome bundle of knowledge. I'm sure I've said this a million times, but how cool is it to have a culinary nutritionist at our beck and call here at the Herb podcast? Because you not only know how to work with food as a chef, but also you're knowledgeable about nutrition. And that's so terribly key. All right. Let's dive right into some of these myths that have been kicking around. Let's try a myth that says fresh fruits and vegetables are always healthier than canned, frozen, or dried varieties. What do you think?
1: I think that is definitely not correct. Like it's definitely a myth. So, fresh is not always best. If you're eating fruits and vegetables, they could be fresh, frozen, canned, or dried. We'd rather see you eating fruits and vegetables. And things like frozen fruits and vegetables are actually harvested and processed into those freezer packaging at peak. So in some cases, as far as seasonality, if it's the middle of the winter and you get frozen berries, they will taste wonderful because they were picked at their peak and then packaged for you.
0: I just had a shake, my protein shake with frozen blueberries because of the high levels of antioxidants. And oh my gosh, it was the best. And I can have that all year long, all through the winter when blueberries aren't available and all the rest of it. So how cool is that? So what you're saying is that Canned, frozen, or dried varieties are perfectly fine as well.
1: Correct. And you just have to, sometimes portion size does come into play. So like dried fruit is a smaller portion size. So if you've dried apples, that's a smaller portion size than a fresh apple. But still all gives you those wonderful nutrients and
0: fiber. Okie dokie. Here's another one. A lot of people are still fat phobic. They're saying that, you know, oh my gosh, it's got fat in it. So how do you want to dive into this one, Chef Abby?
1: Oh, fat is good. I mean, it's not broadly, we have to kind of say saturated versus unsaturated, but we do need fat in our diet. It helps with certain things like absorption of nutrients. So we do have vitamins that are fat-soluble vitamins, and those are vitamins A, D, E, and K. So you cannot absorb them in your body unless you're eating them with something that has fat. So that's important to think about. And not all fats are bad. Unsaturated fats, like those that we find in vegetable oils, like olive oil or nuts and seeds, those are all heart-healthy fats.
0: Okay, excellent. What I should also add to this wonderful knowledge that you just imparted is the fact that healthy fat is integral to cellular walls. They're made of lipids, as you're obviously well aware, Jeff Abbey, but maybe not everyone out there knows that. So these lipid walls are made of fat. You know, people who try to eliminate all fat from their diet whatsoever, are therefore putting themselves at great risk for immune compromise, and also it degrades the integrity of the cellular wall, which is so terribly important in all of the physiologic relationships that take place in your body. So you've got to have some of that healthy fat. You mentioned olive, plant oils, avocado, yay, avocado, nuts and seeds, And, you know, we're looking at polyunsaturated, also found in sunflower, other plant oils, walnuts, fish, flax seeds, which I love, love, love. And they're also a wonderful, satisfying source of energy. So if you have some fat, you know what I do, you know, you know this, Chef Abby, because I've told you this a million times that in in my shake, I also put some... Almond butter. So it's got definite fat in that, but it's healthy fat. And when I have my protein, my blueberries, I put in chia and flax seeds along with my almond butter. Wow. It packs a punch and it gives you sustainable satisfaction. So you don't just walk away feeling even more hungry because it doesn't have a bunch of awful process added sugars. It's just all natural. I also throw in half of one of those frozen bananas. You taught me that trick.
1: Yeah, I love frozen bananas. I always have them in the freezer.
0: You taught me that trick and I never forgot it. And I said, okay, frozen bananas. And they're so easy to break in half too, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. So what about this myth about calories in, calories out is the most important factor for long-term weight gain?
1: So in terms of math, it makes sense. But what makes sense more than the number of calories in, calories out is actually the types of foods and what makes up that energy, those calories that we're putting in our body. So if you, for example, have a table full of whole grains, fruits, vegetables, lean protein, Low fat dairy, all of these things, you know, fish, all of this kind of stuff. You could have a huge table that would be, let's say, 2000 calories. But then if you have another table that has refined baked goods like ultra processed muffins and white bread and soda with sugar in it and all ice cream and all of these types of foods. You'd have a much smaller table, but the same amount of calories. So we want the more nutrient dense items that give us more bang for our buck. And we can also eat more of those things, which I don't know about you, but I always want to eat more. So that's a nice way to look at it that way.
0: I love the way you just lay that out. It's really about adding volume. And the volume comes from fresh produce, as well as, for instance, legumes, you know, beans, quinoa, which is a complete protein, grains in general, so long as they're not processed, they're whole grains. And so you get again a bigger return on investment when you're able to have more volume. And that's one of the reasons why you could have just one candy bar, or you could have a mountain of wonderful fresh produce with grains and all the rest of it. And the candy bar is trash. And the other option is clearly more beneficial for health. Super important to keep in mind that it's not just calories in, calories out, it's the quality. It's the quality, not the quantity. Clearly, eating a million calories is not going to be helpful, but if you pay attention to the quality of the food, the calories become less of an issue anyway. You could feel satisfied and not want to overeat if you have that extra volume to your point. All right, here's one I hear all the time, hits or myths people with type 2 diabetes shouldn't eat fruit.
1: Oh, I'm so tired of this one. Ah. And I teach medical residents and I constantly tell them that this is the myth we talk about all the time. So when you have diabetes, right, you're thinking about your carbohydrate intake. But whole fruit is a complex carbohydrate, which means it provides fiber along with those digestible carbs that you're eating. So when you eat, let's say, for example, a whole apple or berries or a whole orange, you are eating the fruit itself, the flesh of the fruit, which gives you fiber. So even though there is natural sugar in those items, your blood sugar should not spike because the fiber keeps it level And it takes longer for your body to digest it when all of those things are happening versus added sugar like soda or even like having orange juice. Like eating the whole fruit of an orange is preferable to drinking the juice. So the whole fruit is what we're talking about here.
0: I love it. That whole fruit with the fiber, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. If you don't have type 2 diabetes, there's a clinical research that shows that if you consume one serving of whole fruit per day, especially, here's my favorite, blueberries and apples even, you will have a lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes to your point, Abby. And then if you already have type 2 diabetes, eating whole fruits can help control your blood sugar, just like you said, because when you have the fiber and the rest of it, you don't have an immediate hit or a spike of your insulin levels because the fiber interferes with that and allows you to have a more controlled absorption of the natural sugar over a longer period of time, so you're in control, to say the least. So please, people, don't be afraid to have whole fruit, whole fruit, just as Chef Abby stated. All right, what about this plant milk is healthier than dairy milk? So unless you are
1: lactose intolerant or allergic to cow's milk, there's no reason not to drink it. So it has the natural protein in it, which is much higher than a plant-based milk. And also, if you compare cow's milk to plant-based, it could be almond, it could be rice, it could be soy, oat, hemp. There's so many now. You might say that you see the same amount of calcium or the same amount of potassium, and you kind of pick your nutrient. But all of those are added as supplement form to the plant-based milk. They are not naturally occurring. Whereas all of that is naturally occurring in the cow's milk.
0: All right. Well, you know that I'm like a protein person. If you look at a serving of cow's milk, it's got about eight grams of protein. But if you look at almond milk or oat milk and back and forth, you only get anywhere from one to three grams per cup. I'd like to get a bigger bang for my buck here. Again, if you're not allergic to cow's milk, then that's perfectly fine to use whatever you have. Just keep in mind that you're going to have to grab some more protein from somewhere else, one way or the other. So be careful now. There's nothing wrong with, with dairy milk. All right, keep that in mind. So that was a little myth, speaking of another myth. Oh, this one. I remember this one from a million years ago when I wrote it down. White potatoes are bad for you.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's somehow stemmed off of French fries or something, but white potatoes have so many nutrients, vitamin C, potassium. Again, this fiber that we get from all fruits and vegetables, especially if you keep that skin on. So there's no reason to not eat white potatoes. And they're also very affordable and you can usually find them anywhere, right? So once a week in my home, we have sweet potato or white potato night. So I might make a bunch of white potatoes baked and then we top them with beans and lentils and maybe some roasted broccoli and cheese and sour cream and that's our kind of vegetarian
0: dinner but those potatoes those white potatoes are the base i love it i do the little baby white potatoes oh i love those oh i spice them up and everything here's one that's really interesting because there's so many people out there who vegetarian and vegan and whatever so the protein in plants is incomplete
1: Yeah, that's not true either. People like to say that all the time. They contain all of the amino acids. They might just be limited, right? So they won't be exactly the same amount in every food. So what you want to do is complement your plant-based food. So for example, I might have a corn tortilla with black beans. Both of those are plant-based and have protein in them. And if The corn tortilla has less of specific amino acids than the black beans has more of those and vice versa. So they are complementary to each other.
0: So beans, grains, and nuts, you put them all together.
1: Right, exactly. Like you're not eating one food only all the time.
0: I hear that all the time, Chef Abby. I hear, you know, people say, well, I, you know, I ate a mountain of kale. I'm like, stop. Yeah. Wait a minute. (laughs) What happened to everything else? I mean, first of all, that tastes terrible, but...
1: Yeah, variety is a spice of life. We want to kind of mix it up a little bit.
0: Well, isn't that the way we're supposed to eat anyway? Yeah, we want to be able to have a diversity in our dietary intake. And I think a lot of people get stuck in a rut And they just have the same thing day in and day out. And oftentimes it's the same junk day in and day out, let alone trying to pair up some beans, grains, and nuts. So I just think it's really important to pay attention here about diversity. The more diverse your dietary intake, to Chef Abby's point, the safer you are in terms of getting more complete protein. And you know I'm a crazy person about protein. So take your weight, whatever it may be, divide it by 2.2, that gives you kilograms, and multiply the kilograms by 1.4. And that will give you the basic amount of protein you need on a daily basis. Now, clearly elite athletes and all the rest of them eat more. That's a whole different ballgame because they're kind of like protein-eating machines. But for you out there just doing your wonderful thing on a daily basis, take your weight, whip out your iPhones and your Androids and and get your little calculator out, take your weight, divide by 2.2, which is a conversion factor from pounds to kilogram you're going to get a number. Take that number, multiply times 1.4, and that's the basic number of grams of protein you need every day. You don't eat them all at one sitting. Your body can only manage a certain amount of protein, usually around 30 to 40 grams, no more, at one sitting. So what you want to do is spread it out throughout the day, and this way you're going to be able to keep up with maintaining your muscles and so many other things that proteins are so terribly important for in our daily biochemistry. So there you have it with the protein. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Eating soy-based foods can increase the risk of breast cancer. Soy. Where do you find soy, Chef?
1: Yeah. So soy is edamame, tofu, tempeh, miso, soy milk. But this one, I haven't heard as much lately, but I know it's still out there. The amount of soy-based foods that you would have to ingest in a day, it's something crazy like 50 gallons of soy milk or something, to make any jump in your estrogen levels is crazy. So overall, soy-based foods are very healthy. They give great plant-based protein. There's lots of wonderful vitamins and minerals in there. And actually for women who are perimenopause or menopause, they are helpful with those hot flashes and other things that we may be
0: experiencing as well. Interesting. The plant estrogens in soy are called isoflavones and a lot of our her audience out there have heard of that word before because it's kind of kicked around in the multimedia. And here's where I think some of the confusion began, and that is that these isoflavones, which are the breakdown product of the soy, were found to stimulate some breast tumor cell growth in animal studies. And so, okay, you got me there. What's going on with that? Well, Experts now say that this relationship has not been substantiated in human studies. So this is another, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a clinical investigator. So this is another example of you got to be so careful extrapolating from animals to humans when this takes place. And it's interesting. The other thing that I like, and you can maybe speak to this chef, Abby, and that is that I like natural. Tofu, tempeh, edamame, misu, and the soy milk. I don't like processed stuff. Stuff that has a bunch of everything added to it and and back and forth. So if I'm going to seek out soy, I mean, there's nothing in the world wrong with having some raw edamame or maybe it's roasted or however you want to play with it. Where do you get your tofu?
1: So for tofu, I... Often we'll get silken tofu, which is the softest, and I add it into like pureed soups. So tomato soup or butternut squash soup. So instead of dairy, like a cream-based soup, I'm using the tofu and it keeps it plant-based and also gives a lot more protein. So that's kind of my favorite way to use
0: tofu. That's awesome. So, you know, again, go for the most natural origin of any of your foods, period, whether it's soy or not, and just be careful about that. The other thing too is, you know, I'm not like a a big fan of any kind of extra soy being added in vis-a-vis supplements and this kind of thing. Whole food. Whole food is where I'm at with this, and edamame is, is one of my most favorites of all. All right, now as we're rounding this all out here, there's also a very interesting, what I consider to be both a myth and a misconception, and that is that, oh, you know, every five minutes, uh, baseline fundamental nutrition is just changing all the time. It, I, you know, it's it's dizzying. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm so confused. What do you think?
1: I feel like, I I mean, I understand why people get confused and especially with social media and the way that news happens now. There's a lot of feeling overwhelmed by people talking about food and nutrition, both credentialed and not credentialed people, right? So The basics are kind of always there, even if we think back to, like, our grandparents. So you mentioned before looking more towards whole foods. I have, for years and years, have always talked about, you know, half of your plate being vegetables and fruits and a quarter of your plate being some sort of whole grain or starch and a quarter protein. Like, these are kind of the basics We don't want to overeat salt and sugar, that saturated fat again. Like, this is always kind of the same thing over and over through the years. I think, generally speaking, the basics have always kind of been the basics.
0: I absolutely agree with you. And the same thing, you can even see the same thing about physical activity get off your behind and move.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: I mean, you know, I don't care how, you know, fancy equipment and this and that. No, just move. Come on now. Well, the same thing with fundamental nutrition. Michael Pollan is a, a very well-known nutrition expert and author from the University of California, Berkeley, my alma mater, I might add, just saying. And he has just these beautiful words that, just literally you ought to tattoo to your head, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. So, I mean, seriously, that's exactly where you want to go. You want to have a lot of that beautiful produce that Chef Abby recommends all the time. And then you want to... Be careful about not overeating. And then you want to make certain to eat whole foods, not science fair projects, which is what most of this process stuff is. You want whole foods. And that's the deal. And that's what I say about that, you know? So Chef Abby, I think we covered some pretty good stuff here. Yeah, I think so too. I hope that... Everyone out there on the Herb podcast land has learned a lot from this really fun time to look at hits and myths in nutrition, because every now and then it's so important for us to to circle back and just review some of this, because to your point, which was so important, you're spot on. Social media is confusing the heck out of everyone off times with all kinds of fads, And you got to remember, it's just the essential basics and don't get away from them. So, Chef Abby, thank you so much for being on the HER podcast and enlightening us once again. Oh,
1: thanks for having me, as always.
0: Okie dokie. Now, everyone out there in the HER audience... Please hit iTunes, rate and review the show, because we'd love to hear from you, especially me, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Herb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek, or Twitter and Instagram at PamPeekMD, and remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, Spotify, I'm everywhere, iHeart, just find me out there, it's the Herb Podcast with Dr. Pam Peek. Hey, thanks for listening today and stay well.